Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every single day from Southern, sunny Southern California. Welcome in. We got a lot to get to. Uh, Rich Hornberger is going to join us in 25 minutes. We'll ask him about all these quarterbacks moving in. What now for Baker Mayfield? Uh, plus, uh, we'll take you to Cleveland. Wait to hear what fans in Cleveland are saying about their new quarterback. Coach L. Jim Larinaga is going to join us, head coach of the University of Miami. Remember way back when um, he was head coach of George Mason when they had a miracle run to the Final Four? Yeah, he'll join us upcoming as well. Plus, we got um, some more details on the short-lived Urban Meyer uh, coaching tenure in Jacksonville and what not to do as a first-time head coach in the National Football League. Let, let's start with this. Uh, LeBron and the Lakers got a win in Cleveland. And it's really interesting, right? Cleveland's been a surprise and surprisingly good team this year. The Lakers have been the opposite, right? Surprise and surprisingly bad team this year. LeBron was great last night. The Lakers were good. Russell Westbrook even shot a good percentage. And shocker now, they won on the road against Cleveland. And if you guys remember... Uh, a couple weeks ago, LeBron was, this is almost a month ago, he was at the NBA All-Star Game, which was in Cleveland, and he kind of left the door open to returning to Cleveland. He talked nothing about his current team. This is coming off the trade deadline where he was reportedly, and Rich Paul was upset that they didn't make a move. And ever since, he's been surly, and the Lakers have been bad. The Lakers win last night. All of a sudden, now LeBron's having the time of his life. This is LeBron James last night after the game. I'm literally having a time of my life right now. The game is such a beautiful thing. And because I can care less about what the narrative about our team is, I, I've been, at my point in my career, I don't get involved in that stuff. None of that stuff matters to me. I'm, I'm having a blast playing a game of basketball. What is he talking about? No, I'm, I'm serious. Like, what, is it, what, what narrative about his team that, that, that he doesn't care about? Let's let's start with a couple of things. Can you make, can you play that for me real quick? Did he say I could care less or I couldn't care less? It it, it is actually important to me. I'm 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 a nerd that way. Go ahead. Look, I'm literally having a time of my life right now. The game is such a beautiful thing, and because I can care less about what the narrative about our team is. I, what do you think? think? Did he said I could care less or I couldn't care less? Give me a ruling, Jay Stu. It sounded like a could. Yeah, it's I couldn't care less. Don't don't worry. It's a common mistake we all make, right? Which is the Remember, if you could care less, that means you care. You could care less. So if we want to, re- it's it's a lot like um, road to hoe. People say it's a tough road to hoe. You can't hoe a road. Nobody has ever hoed, hoed a road. He-Man couldn't hoe a road. You have to hoe a row. That's a farming reference. And it's, I couldn't care less. Anyway, he says, I couldn't care less. I'm having the time of my life. Well, it didn't look like you're having the time of your life last week when you're yelling at teammates and pitching a fit because they were playing terribly. 
Additionally, what's the narrative that you're pushing back against about your team? You were the one who, when we all said like, hey, I kind of think they're too old and they're too much offense and not enough defense and more driving than shooting. And you should have like being too old means you can't guard and you're going to have injuries. I don't know. Silly me. I've kind of been paying attention to this thing and turns out they've had a lot of injuries and they're struggling to guard people. So what part of the narrative is so off regarding his team and what potentially even makes you think possibly that he's, uh, he's not paying attention to it. And he doesn't care about it. Of course he cares about it. Because the only thing that we're supposed to think matters for LeBron is winning and losing. And they've been losing a lot more than they've been winning. Haven't they? I, I just, I, I call BS. That's, that's really simply what it is. You know, if you look at defensive ratings in the NBA, okay, the LA Lakers, who are the number with the best defensive team in the league when they won the title a couple years ago. Best defensive team. Now they're 18th. You know? They're 18th and they're tied with the Orlando Magic. Like, we're not talking about being tied with good teams. They're tied with the Orlando Magic. The Spurs are there. The Bulls are there. But the Bulls have had massive injuries. So two of the Lakers. And I think their defensive ratings would be better. Like, what is what is the narrative that he's pushing back against them that he's avoiding that he's not paying any attention to? Help me out with this. What, what it means is LeBron understands. I actually think he understands the narrative and what people are saying a whole hell of a lot better than anybody could ever factor in. And he knows, he knows that how he's reacted since the trade deadline, how he acted and the things he said upon going to Cleveland, how he's played, how the team has played. All of these things have, have, have left a bad taste in people's mouths. It's just like the Carl Malone thing or like the multiple parade thing. We should all have a parade together with the Rams. Like, yeah, nobody wanted that. He passed Carl Malone for second all-time in scoring and, and thought the sports world should stop. Didn't happen. And so LeBron acting like, dude, all these people, all these people saying things, I don't care about it. You know, I, the game is a beautiful thing. Like, okay. I, I did not hear any of this when you're being beaten by 30 in several of your previous games. If this is a new LeBron, if he wants to, hey, I want to be, I got to be positive through these tough times until we get Anthony Davis back as we figure it out. If there's a new LeBron there, that's fine. But, but don't insult our intelligence and go like, hey, game's a beautiful thing. None of this is affecting me. Like, dude, up until, up until that game, you know, you lost to the Wizards a couple nights before. You lost to the Timberwolves by 20. You weren't very happy when they were all talking trash to you. Lost to the Raptors. Lost to the Suns by a million. Lost to the Rockets. Was basketball a beautiful thing when you lost to the Rockets? No. No. So LeBron kind of insulting our intelligence or the intelligence that people were paying attention. We know that whatever narrative he thinks is inaccurate about his team is 100% accurate. None of the blame has fallen on LeBron James, which is amazing how Teflon he's been. And things that he says in the positive 
don't matter because it doesn't feel like they're normally released in reality. He was great last night. They were really good last night. That is to be and should be celebrated. And the only thing he should be saying is, hey, those are the type of performances we need as we get ready for the playoffs. We get AD back. But this whole, I've been having a blast. I didn't pay attention to what everybody else says. Oh, I had to check my shoes to make sure I hadn't stepped in something. It smelled so bad. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Stug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio, and uh, he's known as Coach L, Coach Lara Nega, since he's gotten to Miami and he's got his team of Hurricanes back in the Sweet 16 after an unbelievable upset of Auburn that was really kind of a no-doubter. And he joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great, Doug. Um, okay, halftime, it's a one-point game. How are you and the staff feeling? You know, when, you guys, when, when teams run off the court, right, the coaches meet together before you go and talk to the team, what did you guys say to each other? Well, I was trying to inspire my team. You know, when I talk to the coaches, it's really about X's and O's. Uh, maybe some adjustments we've got to make with strategy. But when I talk to the team, before we talk about strategy, I, I wanted to create a mindset. So I'm a big movie fan. And I asked the players, do you guys know that I love movies and I love telling stories about movies? And they all nodded, yeah. I said, well, there was a movie I saw, I don't know if any of you saw it, called Braveheart. Have you seen it, Doug? Who hasn't seen Braveheart? Oh, people are right. Yeah. Well, the, the, problem is, the problem is the problem is right because because those kids they hadn't seen Braveheart. So what do you they what do you do when Braveheart. you want to use you want to use a reference of Braveheart? Only one kid raised their hand. Do you tell the whole story? Like what'd you do? I said to him, "Well, the movie is about a guy named uh, William Wallace, who uh, his community and his wife were killed uh, by by soldiers from from uh, the British Army, and." What William Wallace decided to do was to recruit an army himself and, and uh, go to battle against the British Army. And I said, the question he asked his troops is what I'm asking you now. Are you ready to go to war? And they all responded. They all started cheering. I said, are you ready to go to war? And the locker room went crazy. Because I think that's what you have to do in, in this environment. Every team is a good team, and every every team has good players. But you got to fight for every inch of the court. You got to fight for every possession, for every rebound. And uh, I wanted our guys to have that mindset. We're playing a great team like Auburn. They've got great personnel, but we got a terrific team too. And we needed to go out and play our best basketball, and and show uh, everybody what we're made of. And our guys did that. Am I crazy? And I know it was, I think it was in the first half. I thought that Isaiah Wong dunk, I thought that rattled Auburn. I, I just did. I, I thought that, that am, I, am I crazy to assume that a dunk in the middle of the game when it was still a very close game has an effect on a team? I don't know. It had an effect on Jim Nance. He, like, jumped out of his seat. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard the broadcast or listened to him, but he got really excited about Isaiah's dunk. Because it was right on Jabari. Jabari Smith, 6'10", athletic as can be, a lottery pick, went up to block it. And Isaiah just rose and, and threw it down like a thunder dunk. And does that bother the opponent? Yeah, maybe for a brief while. 
But you got you got to remember they they ended the uh, half on like a ten four run and cut the lead to one after we had been ahead the whole half. So it didn't have that much of an effect. Uh, Jim Larinaga joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. There's something made about all the transfers and the older players you have, but that's that that doesn't make it for easy coaching, right? Because in many ways, you're trying to like rewire somebody's VCR to fit your stereo system. That, that what is that process like? For you, you've done this your entire professional life, right? Been a part of so many staffs. But to have this many guys that have been coached by that many people. And, it, you know, also you get to this stage in, in, in your career for some of those guys. And there are teams that disintegrate because they cannot keep winning as the only agenda, right? They start to put the agendas of what I'm going to do next. What is it like to coach this group? Well, the, the first thing is, you know, kids from the time they start playing basketball in elementary school, they have a ton of different coaches. They go from elementary school to elementary school, AAU team to AAU team. You know, a, a number of guys, they, they transfer, go to three different four, three or four different high schools. Then go to a prep school, maybe to a junior college. I mean, the, the change in coaches, I only think, enhances the experience of knowing there's different ways to getting the job done. You know, there's some coaches I'll describe as, you know, yellers, hollers, they scream at you all the time. Well, that's one way. It's not my way. I'm more the, the Jack Curran, Archbishop Malloy High School, the way I learned the game of basketball from my high school coach. Stay cool, calm and collected. Keep a smile on your face and be very encouraging, very uh, positive and optimistic. I think the players on my team and people who make make a, a mention of their age, that's great for me. These guys are older and experienced. The only thing is the transfer portal has made everybody older right. except the guys who get one and done. So which would you prefer, a, a transfer who's older or a McDonald's All-American? So to me, it, it, it makes no difference once the game begins. It's player versus player, team versus team, which team executes its game plan better. And uh, what we did over the weekend versus Southern Cal and, and Auburn, we just executed a little better than they did. So I, I like where we are. I like that our players get along so well. I like that they're enjoying the journey and having fun. It, 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 it's got to be a ton of fun. But what about for you, for you personally? Hey, like, you know, I'm sure there have been times over the past couple of years you're like, I've made enough money, I've done enough things, I could just enjoy my, my time, I could retire. How much does this reinvigorate you in, in, in continuing to do your job? I've told everybody, if I ever mention retirement, my wife says, absolutely not. You don't know how to do anything else. <laughs> you know, I don't, have, I don't have hobbies. I don't play golf. I don't play tennis anymore. Uh, I love basketball. I love being around young kids. They keep you youthful. And uh, my wife loves that, that I stay very busy and, and enjoy my job. I, I just got a, a, a new uh, extension. I'm, I plan on keep doing this. And I'm enjoying the heck out of this because my players are having so much fun. You know, you beat around Charlie Moore. The guy smiles and is engaging as you could ever want a guy to be. Cam McGusty the same way. Sam Wardenberg is fantastic. Isaiah Wong and Jordan Miller. They, all these guys are just great guys to be around. You're taking out of Iowa State. What are the challenges of the Cyclones? Well, first, first of all, I think DJ, their coach, has done a fantastic job. And... and I say that they, he's got transfers, he's got some new people, he's overcome some adversity from last season, 
But what he has done is he's created a defensive mindset that makes them very competitive no matter who they're playing against. They're very physical. They try to take away the paint. They try to force turnovers. And they're, they're really a terrific defensive team. The Ken Palm has them the fourth-best defensive team in the country. On offense, they cut and move without the ball. Most teams are like dribble the ball to death. But this team really moves without the ball tremendously. And so they're very hard to guard at one end, and they're very hard to score against on the other end. So on Friday night, late night, I think it's the last game of the day, I think it'll be one heck of a battle. You mentioned you don't have any hobbies. That's not true. You're huge on geography. Like, I remember, I still have the basketball somewhere. But you don't have to do a ton of geography. Like, they all know that Chicago's in Illinois. They all know where it's located in Iowa State is, right? Did you, do you do, still do the geography lessons? Yeah. and In fact, most of our guys have never been to Chicago. Most of them have never been to New York. So we went and played the ACC tournament at the Barclays Center. They said, Coach, what is New York like? I said, the only, you only have to know two things. One, uh, the night before when we get there, Get yourself a nice slice of pizza, and then the next afternoon, get yourself a dirty water hot dog. And then you've really experienced New York. <laughs> and how many of them did that? Well, I know everybody got pizza, because <laughs> there was a pizza place right down the block from us. I, don't, I know at least a couple got the hot dogs. But the, the whole point is, these are new experiences for all our guys. You think we're older, but you know, you think we, have, we have three freshmen, Bensley Joseph, Booga Papa, and Ja'Kai Robinson. Ja'Kai Robinson's from New York, so he was, he was kind of uh, hosting the, the other two freshmen. And Bensley Joseph, he's from Boston, and, and Wooga Pop was from Philadelphia. So, you know, they're all city guys. They, they like hanging around the city. So Chicago will be uh, a new experience, but I'm sure they'll enjoy it. How many of them know of the George, like, like the, for George, the George Mason thing, it still feels like yesterday to me, but none of these players were really old enough to truly appreciate or understand it. Have you gotten to the point where you're bringing that out as part of the conversation? Uh, they're tired of hearing about George Mason from the day they arrive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I'll only tell stories about George Mason. I tell stories about my experiences at Bowling Green and my early years at Miami. I, I'm a storyteller. I like telling stories. I, I tell stories about when I played it's all relevant if you can make it relevant to them, right. why it's important. Uh, we, we had a conversation about uh, guys from my generation, even a little older, and I brought up the name Earl Monroe. Yeah. And Isaiah Wong said to me, Coach, none of those guys had handles. So the next day to start practice, I showed a video of, of Earl Monroe doing his great spin move, going between his legs, around his back, getting to the rim, and those guys were blown away by the skill level of Earl Monroe. And I, I, I've said to them, hey, you guys just don't know because you don't know the history of the game like I do. Of course not. Of course not. They, they think the Bob Cousy driven with one hand, they think that's representative of everybody basketball, and, <laughs> and, 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 and they, they, they don't truly understand. Coach, uh, safe travels to Chicago. Get them some of that deep dish, and uh, we can't wait to talk to you again very soon. All right, Doug. Pleasure. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. 
Hope you're having a good day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast live every day. Sunny Southern California. Welcome in. Welcome in, kids. Welcome in. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I saw this. Uh, a reminder, uh, check out the latest lines in the world of sports at Bet River Sportsbook. BetRivers is the most trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. You must be present in uh, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Play a uh, gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, before the break, Dan Beyer uh, brought up a great point, which is, hey, if Duke is the is the brand synonymous with college basketball or Coach K, depending on how you want to do it, what does the what does the college basketball landscape look like when you take Mike Shashevsky off the sidelines at Duke, right? Is that, is, is that, yeah, th- yes. And then it kind of, that, that was the original thought process of like, what is college basketball going to look like? And then it kind of, then as I expanded and tried to think about it, it made me look in the past and made me realize that I thought that there was one school that played much more of a role in what college basketball has been over the last five or 10 years than I even realized, and that was Gonzaga. Because they've been to the Sweet 16 or beyond six, seven consecutive tournaments? I, I think because of that, I think it's because of their rise from Cinderella to um, to national power to who knows, maybe the premier basketball program in the country. I, I mean, when when you look at, and, and a lot of it, Doug, I shouldn't say a lot of it, some of it does uh, have to do with people filling out brackets um, and, and thinking of, oh, how many times have you heard, Gonzaga screwed me? Oh, I had Gonzaga in the Final Four, Gonzaga screwed me. They also had the Red Sox sort of thing over them of never getting to a Final Four. And then when that went away, or you know, or maybe it's the Cubs thing, then they got to the Final Four, and then they got to the championship game, and now it's, all right, can they win the national championship? So then it's, right. now it's a Red Sox sort of thing. And I think that that sort of thing uh, carries a lot of weight in the NCAA tournament. And as I th- looked at, at the past, I thought, okay, there was the, the Kentucky season uh, when they were unbeaten with Cat and Devin Booker and that great squad, and then they, they ended up losing in 2015 to Wisconsin in the Final Four. There was Duke's Zion year um, in 2019 where he was the story. But Duke and Kentucky didn't make the tournament last year. Gonzaga was a part of those stories last year. And then to think of you know, the brands that we're so used to, I don't want to say that Duke and Kentucky are hit and miss because it's not what I mean, but Gonzaga seems to always have this presence atop college basketball because of where they're located, who they play, and what program they are, but yet they also drop this amount of conversation because of who they are, where they are, and what they are. And so that was kind of how it all came about. I appreciate the time to, you know, allow me to lay it out. Okay, so... um Here's where, like, let's get to the reality of it, which is college basketball is not what it was, right? We're we're okay with that? Yeah, yes. Okay. And it's going to be fascinating to see what it becomes. You know, I I, I had a conversation, a really good one, with a a high major coach this morning. And we were talking about recruiting. And, you know, when your season's over, how do you recruit? What does the summer recruiting look like? He's like... We're not even really we're recruiting high school kids, but it's more to get to know them so that when they transfer, we know <laughs> what we would possibly get be getting. That's legitimately the way like he's like, we'll offer some kids, but we don't get them like, OK, we don't get them like that's not really where the meat of our recruiting is it's all in the, in the portal. So 
but I and I and I take I mean that you're like, what does recruiting out of the portal have to do with basketball, college basketball having changed? Not been well, it, it's all part of the the entire landscape of the thing has changed. It just has. Um, where you have a chance to be correct is that because of the league they played in. Did you know this? Do you know that uh, I think it's twenty five straight years they've been in the championship game of the WCC tournament. <laughs> Do you know that? Uh, no, I didn't realize it was. And, it was and, that and just long. so people know, like, well, Mark Few's been there. No, he's, he was there as an assistant. He's been there 23 years. Munson was there, yeah. you know, before him. 25 straight years. So you can pretty much put up in, you know, in Penn, they're going to be in the NCAA tournament and they're going to get a high seed. You know, the, the thing that has, has allowed them to succeed of late, like, here's the part that we don't talk about. Sure, they made the Sweet 16 seven years in a row. I mean, have they been below a two or three seed? Right? Like, they're not. It's not like they're slugging it out, you know, yeah. against single single digit seeds to get there. It's like we talked about Kansas. Kansas, the it, Kansas has you know they play Providence. Providence is a four. They played Creighton, who's a nine. Creighton probably should have lost to San Diego State. And outside of that, they won't play another single digit seed until they get to the final four, right? They they so you do benefit when you're that one seed sometimes of not playing the best, the best, the best. Um, their issue is going to be they play in a league which, no matter how good it has been, and it was very good this year, and St. Mary's not going away. Uh, I don't know, you know, what happens with with uh, with San Francisco or who else is able to uh, step up out of that conference. BYU is going out of that league, so that takes uh, what should be a high-level program out of the league eventually. Um, the The issues with them is going to be their league and then the, the, the time zone, you know, just – the, the time zone. Sixty-six uh, percent of of viewers of sports are in the Eastern time zone, and ten o'clock at night, uh, East Coast time, against even San Francisco or Santa Clara just doesn't do it. Now, if you want to say, hey, it's a one-month sport anyway, and they're the only ones playing late into that month every year, I'm okay with that. I just think it'd be really, really hard unless. They put together, you know, all these consecutive Final Four runs. Because that's sure. one of the things that happened with Duke was they put together a bunch of Final Four runs, couldn't win the title. Then they won the title back-to-back years. You know, then they, they had they hit a rough patch, and Coach K wasn't with the team for most of a year. Then they rebuilt it, won a title, and then he was coach of USA Basketball. The path for Gonzaga has been different. They've been good for 25 years. It's only since they've reached the Final Four and since, I think, Kentucky and Duke – Indiana, UCLA—they've been down at times. That 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 Gonzaga's pulled up, even with them in terms of national recognition. And there's opportunities, and why I brought up the Duke uh, Zion season, and why I brought up the Kentucky uh, unbeaten season until they lost in the national semifinals, and even even the Anthony Davis Kentucky year in 2012. I think that Kentucky was quite the story that year with just that one loss, but. Of, of the conversation, and we're not having college basketball conversations in December and January, to your point, but when it comes to March, Gonzaga has been that constant. And with Coach K gone, like you want to talk – Jim Beheim's, you know, likely the one to carry the torch, even though he's actually been there longer at, you know, his stay than, than Coach K has at Duke. But then when Beheim goes off, you're like, all right, are we, are we really – talking about coaches anymore outside of maybe an Izzo or a you know Calipari or a Mark Few but I think that Gonzaga is a bigger brand than uh 
than than Mark Few. So now you're talking about programs and not about these coaches that we have gotten to know over decades upon decades in college basketball, which may have changed with the transfer portal. But Gonzaga's always been there. And when we fill out brackets, like, all right, did Gonzaga screw you eight years ago? You're not going to pick them? Well, they become a part of the conversation. And when they're in that conversation, Doug, they are always near the top, as we said. And I think they could have gone to the Big Ten this year. They would have won the Big Ten. They were in the Big Ten. They, they, they wouldn't win the Big Ten. Yeah. No, they wouldn't. You, you don't think so? No. It doesn't mean they're not better than those Big Ten schools. You're not beat. Like, the, the reality of it is, you, you know, you're going to get beat up. You know, they, they have they, they have three big guys. They, no, they would. They don't have the depth for that. They just get – there's no chance. None. That, that they, I, they, win, may not they, go, they, they may not go 19 win. and 1, but Correct. I think that they, they can go, go 17 and 3, 16 and 4. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yes, let me stand corrected. If you say, like, could they win the league? They could. But the idea that they would have yeah, – I think they would be more beat up. I think – and I think, yeah, they would they would lose, you know, three, four, five games or whatever. Like, it depends upon schedule. depends upon who's healthy and whatever. Like, this is not a – this is not, by the way, a classic Duke deep, deep, deep Duke team. They bring in all – outside of Watson, they're bringing all youngsters off the bench. Like, they would – it would be hard for them to beat Illinois at Illinois. It would be hard for them to beat Michigan at Michigan or beat Michigan twice. Like, it would be – things are hard. Uh, and the attrition of those leagues is such – that somebody who shouldn't get you gets up and gets you. That's just the the way it is because, you know, as they're playing now in the WCC, and and they would even tell you this, there's outside of St. Mary's, even St. Mary's, like they had, St. Mary's had to play great. Drew Timmy was one of his first 10, They and the the game was super, super physical. It's in a little band box. It's like, that's really like the only team that could jump up and get them in the league. And when you, if you played in the Big 12, you played in the SEC, you played in the, the Big Ten, you're going to lose several games. Just you are. Yeah. Now, could they still win the league? Yes, that part I would change my. They just wouldn't finish with near the same record. And I actually think that their their place in the WCC makes them even more of that conversation because of that run that, where they're going to they're going to run through that league, and then we have this conversation that you and I are having, and it keeps them at the forefront. So in Duke, I'm sorry, Duke is. Duke is not going to be Duke without Coach K on that sideline. No, no, and, they may have better players, actually, better talent. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but 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 they, the the big thing I think that people don't understand is everything you do when you have one of these powerful, legendary coaches, it changes so many things of what you do and who you are. But how the officials treat you, how how the league treats you in terms of scheduling, how TV t- treats you. Um, but, but the, the big thing is, and I would have to talk to some of my, you know, the Michael Mulvilles of the world with Fox is to see, you know, nobody in the big East, the current big East really puts butts in, in front of TVs. It just do- doesn't Nova more so than anybody else. Cause they've won two national titles, but not really. Um, Duke does Kentucky does Kansas a little, uh, uh, and then, you know, then there's like Gonzaga and Syracuse some, but not a lot. Like that's really it in terms of schools that move the needle. What happens to that needle when Coach K leaves? That's an interesting one. And I, and I think it's a conversation you and I have had many times on this show and we're like, all right, name five college basketball players, you know, and their teams at the start of the season. The one player that I think people could have named and during this season was Drew Timmy. And you may not have been able to name guys on Kentucky. You may not have been able to name guys on on Duke. Now you can because we're in the in the tournament. But you know, and that and that, and that was a role that 
you ne- didn't necessarily think. And it was just more of thinking ahead to what college basketball is going to look like, and then I realized on how much the last decade Gonzaga has played a part in it, especially when you do compare the likes of the Blue Bloods that we talk about in Duke, Kentucky, and maybe the absence of UCLA outside of last year, and no Indiana being there. Um, Kansas hasn't moved the needle like those other programs had, even though they're a Blue Blood. Um, and I think Wait, what, do you mean, what do you mean they haven't moved the needle? I don't think that there's been a Kansas team that we've been like, man, that Kansas squad. Like Kansas no. is always there, but they're no, never. But when, you, when you say move the needle, they, the they the ratings are better when Kansas is on TV. Michigan State too, when Kansas is on TV, than than most anybody else. I would agree with you. There's not one of these. They haven't had yeah. one. The, the team that they had that was closest to that was with Embiid and Wiggins. Um, yeah. and Wiggins, but Embiid got hurt. Uh, I I would push back and say like, look, they won the Big Twelve thirteen straight times. Like, kind of moved the needle a little bit there, and they won it again this year. But yes, you have to one national title, and it was how many years ago? We're almost at fifteen years ago. Yeah, and and listen, I think that we could actually, and it's not to compare the WCC with the Big Twelve, but as you said, there's one team that's dominating that conference. Gonzaga dominates the West Coast Conference, and I know it's different competition. I know we're talking about that, but when you took the two brands of Who's made maybe is more of the attraction in the tournament? I would say Gonzaga has been more of the attraction than a Kansas team has been in a lot of different cases. They're both number one seeds this year, you know. Well, I think Kansas got wrapped up. Their last four years have been wrapped up in that investigation, and that's that's really we 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 forget like how good dominant they were and. I, I it's think not like meant the, they are, but it's also of just you know there are a lot of good teams that we don't pay attention to. You know, we just did a Matt Ryan thing at Rankum, right? And we don't pay, don't, don't pay attention. Yes, yeah, yes. No, it's it, you're, it's fair. I also think part of it is regionally where you live and what you watch, sure, and what you like more than the than the the Midwest. I mean, Kansas is there, there's an allure there that's a little bit different. But I, I it it's a it's a point taken and it's definitely not a team right now that goes like, Oh, you gotta see this Kansas team whereas maybe it's because of Chet, maybe it's because of Gonzaga. When they're on you kinda gotta watch them.